Greetings, dear Israelite family, my white Anglo-Saxon brothers and sisters. Peace and health be unto you in the name of Yeshua. This is part 13 of Sickness vs. Health. You can follow along with the article by going to thinkoutsidethebeast.com. Sickness vs. Health is found in the Word Studies menu. We are told over and over that if we shall indeed obey Yahweh's voice, and do all that he instructs, then he will withdraw afflictions and illnesses away from the midst of you. Sicknesses, calamities, and afflictions are warning signs from Yahweh that you are wandering out of the way. The Hosanna Care Divine Health Care Plan is free, easy to sign up, and the directions to get covered are simple. Step 1. Repent and pray for forgiveness of your errors. Make sure you are addressing the overseer of your soul, which would be Yeshua Christ. Step 2. Ask him to heal you. Be sure to check all three boxes if you want full coverage. Check mind, body, and spirit. By marking all three, you activate the full armor of Yahweh package which will heal any unfirm belief of the mind, any infirm ailment of the body, and includes a demonic enema to cleanse the spirit. Step 3. Continue your coverage by simply gaining more knowledge, deepen your understanding, learn and observe your heritage, guard and follow the laws, Sabbaths and feast days, and the food laws, witness to your kinsfolk, and walk in the way daily, and praise and thank the Father often. Yeshua is available 24 hours a day, anytime, anywhere. This is a full coverage plan. You just have to do that which is right in the sight of Yahweh. This plan is not compatible with any other plan. This is the only insurance plan that saves.
We continue in 2 Corinthians. We can see that Paul and the apostles had a lot of explaining to do to their kinsmen. This is because most of them were paganized and forgot who they were and whose they were. This mostly was because of the teaching of the Jewish Pharisees, which usurped the monopoly on religion and were teaching the perversions of Moses' Torah, Judaism, Satanism, Communism, Marxism, and Judeo-Christianity. No wonder all the people were so unlearned, demon-possessed, diseased, and sick, infirm, and unfirm. It's no different than today. Our people believe these same Jewish lies and are going about teaching others to communicate in the same way, creating a cycle of continuous chaos, generation after generation, leading people away from Yahweh and into Jaime Jesus' idolatry and supporting devils. Paul's Thanksgiving After Affliction, 2 Corinthians 1.3 Blessed be Elohim, even the Father of our Master Yeshua Christ, the Father of Compassion, and the Elohim of Encouragement, who encourages us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to encourage them which are in any trouble, or them which are in any pressure or affliction, by the encouragement wherewith we ourselves are encouraged of Elohim. For as the sufferings, or for as the afflictions of Christ abound in us, so also our comfort abounds by Christ. The Greek again clarifies, verse 5, because just as the sufferings of the anointed are abundant to us, in that manner through the anointed our encouragement also is abundant. Paul is talking about the anointed group, Israelites. When we witness the truth of the gospel to the society, the society hates us and we are afflicted, but through each other, our anointed kinsmen, we are comforted and encouraged. Verse 6, And whether we be afflicted, or pressed hard upon, it is on behalf of your encouragement and salvation, or your preservation, deliverance, or spiritual health, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, or afflictions, or pressures, which we also experience, or whether we be called to one's side, it is for your calling near, and salvation, or preservation, deliverance, or health. We can depend on Yahshua the Anointed for encouragement and deliverance when we are pressed in this evil system. We can also depend on our firm and educated anointed kinsmen for encouragement and endurance to overcome pressures. The body working together for encouragement, preservation, and spiritual health, making the unfirm firm. A healthy body, mind, and heart cannot fellowship with members who are bringing Jewish Jesus and unclean food to the table. For what communion does light have with darkness? 2 Corinthians 4.6 For Elohim, 
who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the honor of Elohim in the countenance of Yahshua Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, meaning our bodies, the Adamic man, that the excellency of the power may be of Elohim and not of us. We are troubled, or we are pressed or afflicted on every side, yet not cramped or crushed. We are perplexed or in doubt, but not in despair or without hope. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Prince Yeshua, that the life also of Yeshua might be made manifest in our body. Those who risk their lives to bring the gospel to those that gain life by it will be rewarded. Again, if we follow the way, then we are afflicted by the world. If we don't follow the way, then we are afflicted by Yahweh. Paul had chastened the assembly in Corinth for their fornication and acceptance of it in 1 Corinthians. His sermon by that letter had a good effect. They repented. 2 Corinthians 7.9 Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance, or that you sorrowed to a compunction or change of mind. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow, or for sadness according to Elohim, worketh repentance, or a change of mind, to salvation, or to preservation, or deliverance, or health, not to be regretted of, but the sorrow of the society works death. Sorrow of the society, or the world, is sadness according to Jewish Jesus and the satanic system. It's the compunction to continue in lawlessness, pork-eating, and building the kingdom of unfirmness, which works death. Death is G2288, thanatos, a noun which metaphorically means the loss of that life which alone is worthy of the name the loss of a life consecrated to God and blessed in him on earth. Figuratively, a region enveloped in the darkness of ignorance and sin and sickness and calamity. Separation of the soul and body. If you died in Jaime, don't expect to be raised to eternal life. Paul is talking to the Corinthians about the sufferings as an apostle. He is received as a fool to some because he boasts in his confidence of the gospel. He's comparing himself with those who hold themselves high against the unlearned to make themselves look wiser. 2 Corinthians 11.20 For you suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, I speak as concerning dishonor, as though we had been weak or unfirm. Howbeit, 
whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. The difference is, is that Paul can boast because he has the truth and is bold with it. But it seems foolish to the false preachers. It's no different than the false pastors speaking boldly of what they think is the truth, but is not. These church pastors today speak as if they are the mouth of God, when in fact and in reality they are just demonized puppets of Satan and his Jewish children mixing the words of Scripture with the doctrine of devils, bringing you into bondage and unfirmness which leads to infirmness and the eternal ditch. Verse 29. Who is weak or unfirm? And I am not unfirm? Who is offended or being snared or made to stumble? And I burn not or and I am not angered? Paul is weak just like everybody else. When he sees false doctrines spread, he is angry. Verse 30. If I must needs to boast, I will boast of the things which concern my infirmities, or which concern my weakness or unfirmness. The Greek reads, If to be boasting, it is the binding of the unfirmness of me I shall be boasting. Paul's belief and obedience to Messiah is strong, and through Christ he boasts of the control he has over any unfirmness. The false preachers boast in Jewish Jesus, and Jewish Jesus boasts in his twofold children of hell whom are his. Satan is proud of all the souls that follow him, and he should be, because he has all the denominations, all the governments, all the corporations, and almost all of our people, save the true remnant. Paul speaks of his visions and revelations from Yahweh. Paul was a disciple and member of the Pharisees before Yeshua slapped him with the truth. He does not boast as a fool because he has been given understanding. 2 Corinthians 12.5 Of such an one will I boast, yet of myself I will not boast, but in my infirmities, or in my weakness or unfirmness. Without a breakdown, one cannot have a breakthrough. Paul's ignorance as a Pharisee was a great weakness, but out of that weakness came his revelations. Yahweh humbled Paul. Humility has power. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan, or adversity, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. The briars and thorns on our side are the adversary, the children of darkness. When we are not humble, Yahweh will use the adversaries to teach us humility. The flesh denotes the fleshly nature of man apart from divine influence and therefore prone to sin and opposition to Yahweh. Verse 8. For this thing I besought the Master thrice, that it might depart from me. 
And he said unto me, My grace, or my favor, or my divine influence, is sufficient for you. My strength, or my ability, is made perfect in weakness, or infirmity, or unfirmness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather boast in my infirmities, or unfirmnesses, or weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The last part in the Greek reads, that should be boothing, or tabernacling, over me the ability of the anointed. Meaning, when we abide in the way and in the belief, then the Holy Spirit can tabernacle with you. Verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, or in weaknesses, or unfirmnesses, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, or unfirm, then I am strong, or able. Paul's weaknesses has him rely on Yahweh more. 2 Corinthians 13.3 Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which into you is not weak or unfirm, but is mighty in you, or but is being able in you. For though he was impaled by weakness or of unfirmness, yet he lives by the ability of God, for we also are weak, or unfirm, with him, but we shall live with him by the ability of God in you. Christ was not unfirm or weak. It was our unfirmnesses and weaknesses that he bore. Verse 5. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the belief. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Yeshua Christ is in you, except you be reprobates, or unapproved, or spurious? But I trust that you shall know that we are not unapproved, or rejected. Paul is referring to Edomite Jews, the other races, and mixed peoples as reprobates. Verse 7. Now I pray to Elohim that you do no evil, not that we should seem approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates or unapproved. Notice, Paul says, not that we should appear approved. This is what the churches are. They appear to be approved, but when you look beneath the appearance, what do they believe? What do they do or don't do? They are reprobates and unapproved because they actually do evil, because their beliefs are based on Jewish tampered doctrine, fables, and falsehood. Verse 8. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak, and you are strong, or able. And this also we pray, even your perfection, or even your adjustment or equipping. Perfection is G2676, catartesis, a noun meaning a strengthening, perfecting of the soul, a training, disciplining, 
instructing, an equipment of truth. It's related to G2675, catartizo, which means to repair, restore, adjust, mend, perfect, put in order, equip, strengthen. Verse 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, or be you being adjusted, or equipped, or restored. Be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the Elohim of love and peace shall be with you. Be of good comfort is G3870, parakaleo, which means to call to one's side, to summon, be entreated, the same, or of one mind. Peace is G1515, irane, which means joined, prosperity, set at one again. In both letters to the Corinthians, Paul teaches that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and judgment because many are unfirm in doctrine and that believers in the truth and Yahshua are not the same as believers in the pulpit lies and Jaime Jesus. That we should not cause division between brethren when it comes to eating foods sacrificed to idols, which is why some were vegetarians but caught grief because of it. We could say the same thing today where our food is inhumanely raised and genetically modified and handled by the ungodly, but you still have to eat, so just buy it, take it home, pray over it, and eat it. The churches think these verses say you can eat pork or whatever you want, but they are drowning in their unfirm knowledge and bacon grease. Paul states he preaches in whatever manner he needs to, to reach the ones who will respond. He was gifted in many languages and could deliver the message in the form of milk or meat. Paul makes a very important point when it comes to eating and drinking of the cup of the master unworthily, that when you do not understand what you are doing, you are damning yourself. The fact and seriousness is is that every member of the 33,000 denominations of so-called Christianity are damning themselves because they are taking communion as unlearned and deceived ignorant sinners worshipping other gods and Jewish Jesus. You can't drink of the cup of the master while doing it to a Jewish master. This is why many are weak, sickly, and are reposing, meaning are the walking dead. And the dead which died in Jaime have made their eternal abode in the grave because of ignorance. We saw some insight into what happens when the righteous and unrighteous die in Second Esdras. Paul teaches that we Israelites are given different gifts but by the same Spirit. Some are gifted with teaching, some with diverse languages, and some with health and the means of healing. He teaches that there is only one gospel by which you are restored, preserved, healed, and delivered, and only if you keep and do the commandments and live the life. 
that you are who you communicate with. If you hang with Jew worshippers, then you will go where Jew worshippers go. He teaches that we are born from above, sown into flesh bodies of the race of Adam, that we are weak, infirm, and unfirm, but by the ability of the truth and living according to the way and worshipping Yahweh, we are guarded in this life and raised in our Shekinah spiritual bodies unto the next life. That we can encourage our kinsmen when they are afflicted and edify each other and strengthen the unfirm. That through our weaknesses and unfirmnesses we are being matured when we respond to the truth. That if we do not have the belief, then we are unapproved reprobates. That many seem to be approved, but are not, speaking of all denominational Christendom. And that we should pray for our kinsmen, and that the unfirm will accept being adjusted, equipped with the truth, and restored, that they may find real peace, now and after death. Paul reproves the Galatians in chapter 4. He talks about how an heir, when he is a child, does not differ from a servant. They are under schooling and authority until the father appoints the inheritance. He compares it with our people being in bondage to the world system, that we, as the household of Yahweh, were given the law and how Christ ransomed us from the penalties of the law so that we might receive the placement of son in the inheritance if we deserve it. All those ifs we learned about in the B.C. part of our heritage that are followed by thens have something to do with it. The churches use the King James Perversion's deliberate error of the English word adoption for the Greek word which has nothing to do with adopting, let alone adopting one from outside the racial family of Israel. Galatians 4.8 in the Greek. But while at that time not knowing Yahweh, you have been enslaved to those who are not gods by nature. Rebellious pagans, stiff-necked Judeos who worship Jews. Verse 9. But now, after that you have known Elohim, or rather are known of Elohim, how turn you again to the weak, or the unfirm or infirm, and beggarly elements of knowledge, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? The Geneva uses impotent, where it says weak. Now that you know Yahweh, how can you turn back away? Why are you willing to be enslaved again? Verse 10. You observe days and months and times and years. Ash Wednesday, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, Sunday ritual service on the day of the sun god, barbecue pork revivals, black, Mexican, and Jewish national holidays in a once white culture, gay parades and Satan clubs, Verse 11, I fear for you, whether or not I have toiled for you without purpose. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, 
for I am as you are. You have not wronged me at all. You know how through infirmity, or weakness, or unfirmness, of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first, and my trial which was in my flesh you despised not, nor rejected, but received me as a messenger of Elohim, even as Christ Yahshua. Paul is complimenting the Galatians that they received the gospel. Some of his trials was losing his vision and being scourged by the growing number of Jews from Herod's association of the mysterious force who were causing the disciples trouble. Verse 15. Where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear you record that, if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy, because I tell you the truth? The truth that you should stop this paganism and Jewish Jesus-worshipping and get back to your righteousness. Verse 17. They zealously envy you, but not well, or but not ideally. Yea, they would exclude you, that you might envy them. The Geneva has, they are zealous over you amiss. The Greek reads, they are boiling over you, but not ideally. They are willing to lock you out, that you over them may be boiling. Romans 10.3 For they being ignorant of Elohim's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Elohim. The churches read from Romans a lot, but they don't understand what this verse means, which is talking about them. They think they are righteous because they declared themselves saved because they accepted a slimy Jew they call Jesus into their unfirm and infirm hearts. Galatians 5.7 You did run well, or You did run ideally. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? The Greek reads, Have you run well, you who have resisted to be persuaded in the truth? The Galatians started acting accordingly until the Judaizers came with their hypocrisy and traditions. Verse 8 this persuasion, referring to the Judaizing scribes and Pharisees, comes not of Christ that calls you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. The churches may read scripture, but they don't understand it because they have been persuaded by the dark counterfeit 33,000 versions. Christ did not call you to just believe and to cast his law and your identity and heritage aside, and identify as a trans-Gentile and worship a Jew. These ingredients are what poisons the whole lump, and the whole congregation is unfirm, sick, and demonized. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are well known, which are these, adultery, which is making impure the marriage and bloodline, Fornication, which is race-mixing and incest, uncleanness, physically or morally, and lasciviousness, 
lust, idolatry, witchcraft, which is drugging, medication, pharmacy, and drugs, hatred, or hostility, variance, which is contention, emulations, rivalry, or jealousy, wrath, strife, or provoking, seditions, meaning disunion, subversion of faith, heresies, which are sects and denominations, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, or rioting, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of Elohim. Witchcraft and sorcery back then is the same thing as the medical mafia and big pharma today. Both are operated by Jews, regulated by Jews, and profit the Jews. The emblem of the medical system is the serpent entwined rod, known as the rod of Asclepius. Asclepius was the Greek god of healing and medicine, fitting as those who put their trust in other gods, snakes, sorcery, witchcraft, pharmacia, and a Jew-run industry are associating with devils, idolatry, and spells. Are all doctors evil? No. But they are trained in the evil arts, and their default is set to follow the protocols of darkness. Just as a deceived pastor is killing souls, deceived doctors are killing the body. The medical profession is a business, a Jewish business, a business of unnatural healing. Unless you break a bone or need serious medical attention, stay out of the hospitals and use Yahweh's pharmacy. Paul talks about general living among each other. Bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.1 Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a trespass, you which are of the Spirit, restore, or be equipping or attuning such a one in the spirit of humility, considering yourself, lest you also be tested. Be humble in correction of your brethren, and don't impose to the point of division. Equip them with the law to correct their error. Attune them to the truth with humility. The churches teach not to judge. But once again, these demon-possessed, unfirm and infirm, bass-ackwards, just-believers show their ignorance and gullibility to fake doctrine. They teach not to rock the boat and to tolerate the evil and the sinner, which is why the society is running wild, lawless, and full of antichrists, and unhealthy. Ephesians 2.4 But Elohim, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. The Greek reads, And we being dead in transgressions are made alive with the anointed, the group. In divine influence are you being preserved. Verse 6, And has raised us up together, 
and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Yeshua, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his divine influence in his kindness toward us among the number of Yeshua Christ. Might means maybe. Verse 8. For by divine influence are you saved, or made whole, restored, preserved, healed, through the belief, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of Elohim. It is a free gift from Yahweh because of the promises made to Abraham and his seed, our kinsmen. Verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We don't receive grace from our own works, but we don't receive it because we accepted Jewish Jesus or declared we are saved either. Grace still depends on if we follow the law, walk in the way, love, support, and edify the brethren, and know Yahweh. You are written in the book of life, but you can be blotted out or fall from grace if you do not respond to the calling, to the gospel, to repentance and a change of lifestyle and to worship the one true Savior, Yeshua Jesus Christ. Jewish Jesus is kryptonite. Jewish Jesus is a destroyer of souls. Jewish Jesus is death. Philippians 4.13 I can do, or I am strong in, or I am healthy, or I am able to do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The Greek reads, In all I am being strong, the one enabling or invigorating me, the anointed. Notwithstanding, you have well done, or done ideally, that you did communicate with my affliction, or with my pressing or distress. Verse 14 in the Greek, Moreover, ideally, you do together communioning to the affliction of me. Christ sometimes means the body, the group. Verse 13 can mean both Christ Yeshua and or the body of the anointed strengthening the members. Timothy's Encouraging Report, 1 Thessalonians 3.6 But now when Timotheus came from you unto us and brought us good tidings of the belief of you and love, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we are comforted over you in all our affliction, or in all our pressure, or oppression, and distress, or calamity, by the belief of you. The belief of them would be that growing truth Christ and the disciples were spreading. It was worth the pressures and afflictions the apostles had, because the people were being reunited with their heritage, the fulfilling of the prophecies, reunited with each other, and their God. Verse 8. For now we live, if you stand fast, or firm, in the Master. The King James Perversion has verse 10 as a question 
and verse 9 should be the question, as verse 10 is the answer. Verse 9. For what thanks can we render to Elohim again for you, for all the joy wherewith we rejoice for your sakes before our God? Verse 10. The answer. Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face, and might perfect, or adjust, or equip that which is lacking in the belief of you. Perfect is G2675, katartizo, and means to repair, mend, restore, to equip, put in order, adjust, strengthen. Paul founded many of the assemblies and encouraged them. He turned their understanding from defiled Torah and Jewish sorcery to Christianity. He smashed the false belief that they were brainwashed into believing which made them sick, demon-possessed, and unfirm to the belief which quickened their spirits and adjusted their minds and equipped them with what was lacking in the belief that was growing in them. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are out of order, comfort the faint-hearted, support the weak, or the unfirm and infirm, be patient toward all. The Greek has comfort the few souls, where the King James Perversion has feeble-minded. Eschew the evil, uphold the unfirm. The Man of Lawlessness, 2 Thessalonians 2.9 in the Greek, whose presence is in accordance with the operation of the adversary in all power and signs and wonders of falsehood. Verse 10. And with all deceivableness, or seduction, and unrighteousness, or injustice, in them that perish, meaning the ones being destroyed, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, or that they might be healed, made whole, restored, preserved. And for this cause, or for this action or operation, Elohim shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. People love their church. It's what they believe in. It's a delusion, a Jewish prison for their mind. Romans one twenty four. Wherefore, Elohim also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the allegiance, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Verse 12 That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Some people will never understand that these verses are talking about today's churches and just believers that love Jewish Jesus. They believe not the truth, and they have pleasure in Jewish fables, happy meal sermons, pork sandwiches, and pagan holidays, 
They have been seduced by the man of lawlessness. Only it's not one man. It's a brood, a parasitic host, a seed line. And Christ already identified who they are. He exposed the temple authorities as the children of the wicked one, of their father the devil. Not only are the Jews the children of Satan, but when they convert one of our own people with their fake Christianity and they let Jewish Jesus into their heart, they become twofold children of hell. Paul warns Timothy of false teachers that Timothy command some in Ephesus to teach no other doctrine, mythical genealogies, and fables which lead away from the belief. There was a rise in those desiring to teach the Torah, but they were not sent by Yahweh, very much like today where we have 33,000 denominations gone wild. None of the preachers of those denominations are called because they are leading all those millions of people into the ditch. Paul goes on to state that the Torah is for the lawless and disobedient. 1 Timothy 1.10 For whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, sodomites, for men-stealers, kidnappers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound or wholesome doctrine. G5198 Hugi Ahino, a verb, which means to have sound health and to be uncorrupt or true in doctrine. Paul thought as a Pharisee that he was doing right, but now he knows he was doing everything he believed to be right in ignorance, unbelief, and disobedience. These pastors and congregants believe they are doing right and worshiping Yeshua Christ and doing wonderful works in his name, but they are not. They are only leading others away from Christ because even in ignorance, the fact and reality is, is that they are reprobate and antichrist sinners putting trust in that which is not truth. As the definition and reality of Hugiahino shows, false doctrine leads to corruption, calamity, and sickness. Paul gives instructions concerning prayer to pray for all your kinsmen, including those in authority, for this is good and acceptable to Yahweh. 1 Timothy 2.4 Who will have all men to be saved, or restored, made whole, healed, preserved, and to come unto the knowledge or realization of the truth. A lot of saved so-called Christians, yet they have no knowledge or realization of the truth. How can you be saved if you lack knowledge understanding, and realization of the truth. The Geneva has, and come to the acknowledging of the truth. He goes on to state that women are not to teach, but to be in silence, that Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived. Verse 15, Notwithstanding, 
she shall be saved, or delivered, preserved, or restored, in childbearing, meaning offspring parenting. If they continue in the belief and love and set-apartness with sobriety or sanity. In Genesis 3.16, Yahweh said he will greatly multiply the pains of childbirth because of her sin, but she will be preserved if her offspring upbringing is in the way. Paul continues to emphasize the importance of good doctrine to not let anyone look down on your newness to the truth, but to be an example in conduct and belief, and not to neglect the free gift, which is divine gratuity, which comes from the promises Yahweh made with Abraham. 1 Timothy 4.16 Take heed unto yourself, and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this you shall both save, or you shall both heal, restore, make whole, preserve, protect yourself, and them that hear you. This isn't saying to go out and get people saved. Saved fools don't heed scriptural doctrine. They don't continue in it because they were not taught it. The churches teach you to just believe and that the laws and feasts are for the Jews. What is really happening is they're going out and getting people damned. Because when someone converts to denominational churchianity, adopt its false beliefs, and worships a Jewish Jesus, they are damning themselves. What they are really saying when they accept Jaime into their hearts is, I'm damned. You're not once saved, always saved, and you're not once damned, always damned, either. You can always come up out of those damned churches and damned beliefs. 1 Timothy 5.23 Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake, and your often infirmities, or ailments unfirmness, and infirmnesses. Wine can be a healthy remedy. A little wine can ease infirmities. A little wine can ease the stiff-neckedness of one's false belief when trying to bring them the truth. The scriptures do not condemn drinking wine. Christ's first miracle was turning water into wine, Ephesians 5.18, 1 Timothy 3.8, and Titus 2.3 approve it in moderation. How about a psalm for a buzz? Psalm 104.15, and wine makes glad the heart of man, and oil to make his face shine, and bread which strengthens man's heart. Israelites were husbandmen of vineyards of grapes. In Deuteronomy, the feasts of tabernacles is rejoiced with grain and wine. Isaiah 55.1 Come by wine and milk without money and without price. In Hosea, Yahweh states he gave them their grain and wine, oil and silver. In Joel and Amos, 
Yahweh states he will overflow the fats with wine and oil. In Matthew, a certain Samaritan finds a wounded man and pours oil and wine on his wounds to heal them. There are many warnings against excessive drinking, though. Too much wine will cause problems. Remember what happened to Noah, his wife, and Ham? What about Lot and his daughters? Many err through wine. Today's beer and wine are poisonous because it's all genetically modified and any water in it is fluoridated. False Teachings and True Riches 1 Timothy 6.3 If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome, or sound, or uncorrupt words, even the words of our Master Yeshua Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to reverence. G5198 Hugiahino, a verb which means to have sound health and to be uncorrupt or to be true in doctrine. Verse 4. Those teaching otherwise, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, which comes envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw yourself. If true doctrine brings sound health, then false doctrine must bring calamity and sickness. The churches are filled with perverse people with corrupt minds destitute of truth, and they suppose that since they have Jewish Jesus in their hearts, that they have gained everlasting life. Well, we just saw verse 5 state to withdraw yourself from these ignorant and irreverent nothing-knowers. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion has light with darkness? They may be Jaime Jesus believers, but they are Yahweh unbelievers, and therefore are unrighteous, disobedient, and walking in darkness. How can these churches be teaching sound doctrine if everybody in them has no understanding of Scripture other than false understanding and quoting catchy jingles of misinterpreted verses? It matters who and what we believe in. There are many opinions on how and why God heals. I think it best to let him speak for himself. My beloved friend, I pray that in everything you may prosper and be in health, just as your soul prospers. There is someone among you who is sick. Let him call for the elders of the congregation, and having anointed him with oil in the name of Yahweh, let them pray over him. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick, and Yahweh shall raise him up. If he has committed sin, it will be forgiven him. My child, listen to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Keep them before your eyes, and treasure them deep in your heart. For they are life to those that make them their own, 
and health to their whole body. Trust Yahweh with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Revere Yahweh and depart from evil. The result will be health to your body and refreshment to your bones. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Unlock the chains of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Give out your bread to the hungry and bring the homeless poor to your house. When you see the naked, cover him and be honest and loving with your own kin. Then your light shall shine out like the rising sun and your health shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness will go before you and the glory of Yahweh shall be your rear guard. Then you will call and Yahweh will answer. You will cry and he will say, Here I am. I am Yahweh who heals you. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless Yahweh, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your sins, he heals all your diseases, he redeems your life from destruction, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, he satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Spirit of Yahweh is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are crushed beneath unbearable burdens, to proclaim the year of Jubilee. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And a leper came and prostrated himself before Jesus, saying, Master, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be clean and immediately he was healed of his leprosy. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, imploring him, Master, my servant is lying at home paralyzed and in great pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. When evening came, they brought many that were possessed with demons to him, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, so that the saying spoken by Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. He himself took away our infirmities and removed our sicknesses. He himself bore all of our sin in his own body on the tree, so that we, being dead to sin, should live in righteousness. For by his wounds you have been healed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever.